This week in KMA Land, Omicron variant causes KMA Land COVID spike. Page County supervisors rescind COVID vaccine policy. Mills County officials react to proposed wind energy project. Shen school board members sentenced under plea agreement. And area snow plows stay busy. I'm Mike Peterson. COVID crisis 2022 continued in KMA land this week as cases continued to multiply amid a major court ruling. Following a week in which 123 cases were confirmed, Page County reported another 52 COVID cases this week, including 31 on Monday and another 21 on Tuesday. As of late this week, the county's 14-day positivity rate stood at 16.1%, while the county's vaccination rate remained stalled at 55.3%. Meanwhile, Iowa's vaccination rate sits at 60.3%. Speaking on KMA's Morning Line program Tuesday morning, Page County Public Health Administrator Jessica Erdman says the Omicron variant is making its presence felt in the county. It has been proven to be more transmissible, and those cases are rising in Iowa, and we are definitely seeing those variants in Page County. The majority of our cases are actually that new variant. So it's just that it's spreading a lot easier than any of the other variants before now. Compared with this time last year, Erdman says the county is seeing more cases in bulk numbers. Whereas last year, you know, we had 15 cases one day, another 10 the next. It was more spread out. This time we're seeing 30 40, 50 cases in a matter of a day or two. At the same time, vaccination rates continue to lag behind COVID case numbers. Erdman says Page County's rate has stalled over the last few days. We've been at 55.3 for a couple days now. When we have our clinics, we do see one or two new people coming in and wanting to start that series, but we really are not seeing the hike that we would like to see in that vaccination rate. Page County Public Health has scheduled three more public COVID vaccination clinics for January 25th, February 8th, and February 22nd from 4 to 6 p.m. The clinics take place at the County Public Health Office at 210 North 17th Street in Clarinda. In addition, the Erdman says Hy-Vee's in Clarinda and Shenandoah continue to offer all four vaccines. More information on COVID-19 vaccinations is available by calling Page County Public Health at 712-850-1212. Montgomery County public health officials are also dealing with an uptick in COVID due to the more contagious Omicron variant. That's according to Montgomery County Public Health Administrator Samantha Beeson. As of earlier this week, Montgomery County's 14-day positivity rate sat at 18.6%, while the 7-day rate was up to 17.4%. Additionally, Beeson says the case influx is larger than this time last year. You know, we're seeing more cases um than we were at this time last year. Um, Just this variant, we do have the Omicron variant, and it is very contagious. With the recent uptick, Montgomery County is now up to 1,879 cases since the onset of the pandemic in March 2020. Beeson adds the county has also seen an overall increase in the number of tests given. So we have the test Iowa kits here, and we have been going through quite a few. Um, And then we do send some orders to the hospital for the school-aged kiddos um, and staff. And we, have, we haven't sent a lot, but we have been sending more than we have, say, a month ago. On the plus side, Beeson says the county has recently seen a slight increase in the number of vaccinated individuals. So we're 54% totally vaccinated. Um, the 5 and older is at 57.6. 12 and older is at 62.6. 
18 and older is at 66%, and 65 and older is at 92.5. And we have seen um, a slight increase the last couple months, um, ranging between 2 and 3% in each age group. With the flu season in full swing, Beeson says plenty of other bugs are going around the county and encourages residents to be extra vigilant in monitoring their symptoms. Influenza is going around. We're starting to see cases of that. There are just your general sinus infection, your winter cold, um, and then COVID. So we just encourage everybody, you know, monitor your symptoms. If you're sick, stay home. Make sure before you go anywhere you've been fever-free for 24 hours and your symptoms have improved. Um, and just any little bit will help prevent the spread of not just COVID, but all the other um, illnesses. Those wishing to receive a COVID-19 vaccine can do so at Montgomery County Memorial Hospital, the Methodist Physicians Clinic, and Hy-Vee, all located in Red Oak. For more information on vaccine clinics or the COVID-19 situation in Montgomery County, contact Montgomery County Public Health at 712-623-4893. Page County officials, meanwhile, are among those reacting to an important court ruling involving COVID vaccinations. Meeting in regular session Tuesday morning, the county's Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to repeal the vaccination policy, which was implemented December 28th to comply with an OSHA rule that would require employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or submit to weekly testing. The repeal was done without any discussion by the board. At its last meeting, January 11th, the board officially paused implementation of the mandate pending a review by the Supreme Court. Last Thursday, the Supreme Court blocked OSHA from enforcing the rule. At the supervisor's previous meeting, Supervisor Jacob Holmes voted against pausing implementation, saying he wanted to repeal the mandate then. I don't see a need for pausing it. I'd like, of course, the next thing I have to be on there would be to repeal sure. it with what was said by the head of the Department of Labor in Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, we all read it. Mm-hmm. They're not adopting or enforcing it. Mm-hmm. They will not adopt the federal standard. I'd like to see this black mark erased from our history and get it up clear off the books. In other business Tuesday, the board approved the county's 2022 OSHA summary form, which lists workplace-related accidents and incidents in the past year. New developments this week on the wind energy front as Mills County officials reacted to a proposed multi-county wind project through MidAmerican Energy. During its regular meeting Tuesday morning, the Mills County Board of Supervisors received an update from building and zoning technician Holly Jackson, who has communicated with MidAmerican representatives. With the current proposed project map, the wind farm would cover land between South and Silver City and Henderson in Mills County, all the way north of Trainer in Pottawatomie County. One notable impact, she says, would be the required adjustment in the current Mills County Wind Tower Ordinance. The average height is 280 on the low end and 350 on the high end for the towers. So we would need to put something in to allow for a 300 foot height and then the planning and zoning will have to consider any variations or variances if they need to. Currently, the maximum height for the county is set at 80 feet in agricultural and agricultural residential districts, which makes up all of the project in Mills County. Jackson adds around 200 residents in Mills County received an informational letter from the energy company, while 400 residents received a letter in Pottawatomie County. Supervisors Chair Richard Crouch says the board learned of the wind project at the same time as landowners, as a meeting with MidAmerican in August had no mention of a wind farm. I mean, Holly and I had met with MidAmerica back in August, and a couple people from it and stuff, 
and basically all they talked to her and I about was solar. And you know, they're still looking for a solar field around here up to, up to 3,500 acres. Jackson says there are several financial incentives for landowners to sign a lease agreement. Plus, an agreement is also required for neighboring landowners whose property falls within a half mile of a proposed turbine. However, details are still fuzzy if neighbors don't sign an agreement. I like that they want to work with the neighbors and that the neighbors would have to sign an agreement, which they would receive a $9,000 payment. She said, if the neighbors don't agree, she said, um, we will exhaust all options first. So she didn't go into detail if the neighbor doesn't agree what exactly the process is after that. While the total number of wind turbines is unknown, Jackson says most of the projects include one or two turbines per parcel of land. Given the preliminary stage of the project, Jackson says more details should become available after MidAmerican presents to the Mills County Planning and Zoning Board at its monthly meeting. February 1st. And another chapter in the wind turbine saga plays out next week. Representatives from an energy development company are expected to present plans for a wind project to the Page County Board of Supervisors Tuesday. Invenergy is proposing a 200 megawatt wind power generation facility in Page and Fremont counties. Dubbed the Shenandoah Hills Wind Energy Center, Invenergy says the project has been in development since 2017. If approved, Invenergy says construction would start at the end of 2022 with the goal of having the project operational by the end of 2023. Now, the presentation next week to the supervisors is expected to be informational only with no action taken. Following review, the supervisors would then be able to vote on the project in early February. A Shenandoah school board member and former mayoral candidate has accepted a plea agreement this week in connection with OWI charges. 58-year-old Jeffrey Allen Heiser pleaded guilty in Page County District Court Tuesday to operating while under the influence first offense as part of a plea agreement. Heiser entered his written plea while appearing with his attorney, Amanda Helms, and assistant Page County attorney, James Varley. With his guilty plea, the court deferred judgment on his case for one year. Court documents obtained by KMA News state Heiser must pay a civil penalty of $1,250 plus court costs. Heiser is also placed on informal probation for a one-year period. Under the probation terms, he must obtain a drug alcohol evaluation and follow through with any recommendations and attend and successfully complete the drinking driver's school. Half of the civil penalty may be waived if the defendant provides proof of a valid driver's license within four months of his sentencing date. Heiser was arrested in the early morning hours of October 21st after Shenandoah police officers observed a vehicle drive over the sidewalk and strike a retaining wall in the 700 block of South Center Street. Heiser was one of seven candidates running for mayor at the time of his arrest. Heiser addressed the issue in a Meet the Candidates interview on KMA's Morning Line program later that month. Well, I do feel bad about the situation. There are two sides to every story, and an individual is innocent until proven guilty. Heiser, who is also a former mayor, city councilman, and school superintendent, was asked whether he considered either withdrawing from the mayor's race or resigning as a school board member. None of those. Those are up to the uh, people on the mayor's race to make a decision. Everybody is human, and we go from there. My heart is in Shenandoah, always has been in Shenandoah, and will continue to be in Shenandoah. Heiser finished fifth in the November 2nd election. He later rejected 
a citizen's call to step down from the school board at its November meeting. Court documents concerning Heiser's plea agreement and sentencing are available with the web story at kmaland.com. More snow last weekend meant more action for KMA land snowplows, including those in Page County. Forecasted snowfall entered the region last Friday afternoon and evening, being another round of cleanup efforts. Page County engineer J.D. King summoned his crews last Saturday morning after the latest winter weather event caused travel problems. Went out early Saturday morning, called the guys, started the trucks at 6. The trucks are in at 5. The blades were in at 7 to push snow on the pavements and the gravels. We were short a couple of blade operators on Saturday due to staffing issues, but we, we ran all the trucks. County trucks returned to the road Sunday and again Monday for more cleanup efforts. Except for the unusual wind direction, King says the storm wasn't out of the ordinary. It did blow from the north and the northeast, which is a little unusual. It creates different snow drifting patterns. We did, of course, utilize the, the snow fence, did block some snow, particularly the uh, east-west roads up north. So, you know, it's a typical winter storm. Though Friday's event dumped more snow on the county than the New Year's weekend storm, King says it added to an already busy month for his crew in terms of snow removal. If it's not 8 or 10 inches, you know, it's not as memorable as it might have been when we were kids. Just another weekend pushing snow, that's what it seems like. We've done this three weekends in a row. Not, not You know, snow hasn't been big every weekend, but there's been some kind of a snow event every weekend. While saying his department's sand and salt supplies are in good shape, King says truck repairs are problematic due to delays in supply deliveries happening across the country. Questions regarding the city of Red Oak's use of infrastructure and jobs bill funding from Congress was raised by a local resident this week. During his regular meeting Monday night, the Red Oak City Council heard from resident Ron Carlson, who asked the council and its respective committees to strongly consider the public's input of dollars from the recently passed Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Carlson, who also owns the Red Oak Duet Center, says he would like to see the council pursue having public input on a special committee or the respective committees already established deciding how to spend the dollars. I would like to ask the council to consider including members of the public to voluntarily become part of that committee in receiving those funds and distributing those funds. I think the people of Red Oak have the right to be heard and whatever, rather than just the council doing this. The Infrastructure and Jobs Bill brings nearly $3.4 billion for Iowa's highways, $100 billion to expand broadband throughout the state, $432 million for bridge revitalization, $120 million for airport revitalization and other various public transportation needs in the state. Carlson says he would like to see more public input at the respective commission and board meetings when discussing the dollars as well. There's a number of commissions on there, that you know, like the airport, uh, the street department, different things like that. You know, I think that if we could get some of the citizens from Red Oak to be part of those committees, I think it would be of value to everybody. Carlson says he sees value in communication between the public and the council when discussing how to invest potentially more significant amounts of money. After attending a town hall with Iowa Congresswoman Cindy Axney, he says the sooner the city decides how to spend the money, the better. I just really think that uh, input like that is, is value, and I know that the county is also working with some other funds, and there's some other committees that are asking 
to be on those with them also. <coughs> so I'd like to take them, have you consider that whenever you look at those funds. And like Cindy said, the sooner that we get those applied for, the sooner we're going to get okay. And I hope that happens. The council took no formal action on the suggestions Monday night. We know about the U.S. Supreme Court ruling regarding vaccine mandates, but another recent decision by the high court also attracted attention this week. The U.S. Supreme Court recently struck down an appeal from Growth Energy regarding the year-round sale of fuel containing at least 15% ethanol, or E15. Speaking on The Morning Show recently, Iowa Renewable Fuels Association Director Monty Shaw called the ruling disappointing. Coupling this with Congress struggling to pass bipartisan legislation for year-round nationwide sales of E-15, Shaw says a federal solution won't be coming anytime soon. Thus, he says, states need to begin taking action. State governors can actually take action and make these regulations for, for the different ethanol blends, E-10, which most of your listeners probably buy, E-15, if you have access to it, you should. It's a nickel cheaper, burns cleaner, higher octane, to win, win, win. But that they can level this, this playing field and allow us to sell E15 year-round. So with the, the feds not doing anything, um, we're going to be looking for a state-level solution. Iowa Senator Joni Ernst reacted to the Supreme Court decision regarding E15 year-round sales on KMA's Morning Line program Monday morning. I fought so hard, you know, with this last administration to bring E15 year-round to all of our drivers, our consumers, and, of course, our ethanol producers. And so this is a hit to the industry, and we will keep working on this issue very hard. We do have a number of bills that we've been working on. They're bipartisan uh, that would hopefully be able to make it through Congress. If we can get that done, then we'd be, we'd be able to get it into law. But um, for now, yeah, it's a disappointment, and, and I really wish that the Supreme Court had taken this one up. But yeah, but they chose not to, so we'll find other avenues of working to support our biofuel producers. How would you describe the state of the renewable fuels industry in the wake of uh, not only the Supreme Court ruling, but the RFS waivers issued under the Trump administration, and the impact on uh, gas sales from the COVID-19 pandemic when less people were traveling? All of this, what has this done to the industry? Yeah, this has been really hard on the industry. And what we really want to see is a stabilization and so that our, our producers know exactly what to expect. And what we've seen thus far from the Biden administration, of course, they uh, had an unprecedented move. They rolled back the 2020 RVOs and lowered the 2021 uh, renewable volume obligations. And we've also heard rumors now that they're going to open up uh, with 2022 and set those volumes lower. Um, that right now isn't is unconfirmed, but it is something that we do expect to come from EPA. Iowa Senator Joni Ernst. That wraps up this week in KMA Land. Be listening each week at this time for This Week in KMA Land. And for more information all the time, log on to KMALand.com, where you can also hear this program in its entirety. For the entire KMA News team, this is Mike Peterson. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend.
This has been a presentation of KMA News.